Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with uh, another episode of uh, our Ecom show and today I'm uh, here with uh, Craig Campbell from uh, Scotland, Glasgow. And uh, I'm very glad to have him here because uh, I started following him and uh, I think he he's great with SEO. He's been doing this for uh, 18 years and he's he's also a great entertainer. I, I really like uh, the Instagram videos and everything that you put out. So he's a real, really versatile uh, person. And uh, today we will talk mostly about uh, technical SEO and how it can be applied in uh, e-commerce. Hey, Craig, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, Daniel. Um, Thanks for having me and thanks for a nice introduction. (laughs) Not everyone loves the um, Instagram videos, but yeah, always got to try and diversify and have a bit of fun along the way because SEO really is kind of a boring, boring subject. So got to add a bit of entertainment in there as well. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, you know, we are marketers. We most of us we like having fun and and meeting new people. And sometimes it can get boring. It's technical. I I know what we do as well. Email marketing and and SEO as well. So, yeah, we need some fun as well, especially on social media. Um, so, yeah, I know that you started this, uh, the SEO, SEO uh, thing uh, 18 years ago. And uh, I'm really curi- curious how it looked like back then and what changes uh, you could see. And also, what are those things which after 18 years you think it doesn't matter as much as people think? And what are those things what really matters? And, you know, regardless if it's 2002 or 2021. I mean, um, you know, obviously SEO back then was a hell of a lot easier. You know, spam worked very well. Stealing content worked very well. (laughs) You know, a whole bunch of stuff worked very well. Now, what I would say is the core fundamentals have never changed you know, content and links has always been the main thing that got you ranking well. Even back then, up until now, it's the two biggest things. But of course, things have evolved. You know, people were using crappy content, stuffing uh, pages full of keywords, stuffing their uh, meta title and meta descriptions full of keywords. And obviously, as Google's algorithm develops and 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 you know, more websites are coming into the the search engines, they have to look at ways of getting rid of the garbage. And I think that's why certain things like meta descriptions in particular, they don't have the power that they probably did back then because people were literally slamming them full of keywords and that worked back then. Now there's little, well, no weight at all given to meta descriptions. So obviously, you know, Google weighted link building and it was a case of just building any old link so literally setting up something like scrapebox to spam everyone with links 
worked very well until there came a point where Google are now saying they want relevancy, power, active websites with traffic and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the core concept of SEO hasn't changed that much, but how you do it is getting harder and harder. There's a bit more sophistication behind the algorithm um, and stuff like that. But even back then, you know, directory listings were were working well. They don't work so well now. Um, you know, people were still using automation back then. They're still using automation now. Uh, people were scraping lists back then. They still scrape lists now. Um, so, so much of it is still the same. It's just how you do it now um, is very different. And obviously, you now have this technical um, side of SEO, which really wasn't a thing back then. You know, websites were just garbage, um, you know, back then. And, uh, you know, site speed wasn't a problem. There was no SSL certificates. Uh, you know, all of that stuff, um, you know, really didn't exist. And obviously, Google, as I say, give different weight to different factors. Now, in that weight being past the site speed or, you know, away from meta descriptions and vice versa is where we as SEOs need to try and test things and try and understand what actually moves the needle. So SEO is SEO. It's all about, you know, no one knows the right answer to it. No one has ever known the right answers to it. But back then it was a hell of a lot easier to say, you know, links were links. And, you know, if the top guys get a thousand links and I get 2000, I'm pretty much going to beat them. Um, yeah. And it really didn't matter what links they wear. Also, things like exact match domain names used to work really well back um, in the early days. It was literally a case of slapping up a page onto a website. And if you had something like, I don't know, boxer shots for sale or whatever it was going to be, then you would literally guarantee yourself position one with some real basic content. So again, exact match domain names are not as powerful, but you know, that that's where I think where there's competition and where there's money involved, you just need to dig a little bit deeper, get a little bit more technical. And probably the bar was a way down here in the, the early 2000s, the, you know, the bar in terms of quality of links, quality of content, internal linking structure, everything's just improved. But here's here's another way to look at it. Is football players, just as an example, mm. is it the same game as it was 20 years ago as it is now? Absolutely not. You know, there, the people back then didn't have the sports science. They didn't have, you know, the, the nutrition and all that kind of stuff and yeah. it's the same with with websites and seo you know there's just more to it now there's more science out there when it comes to sports and everything and more technical even with boxing or anything you know it's all about technical stamina endurance uh sports mm. science and everything so i think the same way um you know goes with seo you know back then it was just a case of throw everything out there and see what happens. Uh, but now there's a bit more endurance and 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 just a bit more science behind it. That's the best way I can describe it. And obviously, given that analogy um, of the, the sports side, side of it, um, you know, industries in general change. Um, you know, football's not changed as a game. Neither has boxing. Neither has SEO in terms of the game itself, but certain parts of it you can, uh, you know, massively improve on. And, and I think that will continue. But I think with the web, 
you know, content is always going to be king. I can't really ever see that changing. Um, and link building, you know, the, the web is full of links all joining the dots together for Google. Does that ever go? Is, is that ever going to change? No. So all about quality now rather than quantity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's, as you said, not just in SEO, but football, books, any sports or other industries uh, and niches, same applies that the competition gets bigger uh, and it becomes more technical and more qualitative than quantitative. You said that you just need a lot of links and it works and today it doesn't work anymore it's more about quality and what i can see in all the channels especially social media but email marketing as well maybe seo as well that um the algorithm cares more about the engagement that uh this uh, content engages people it not just crap with full of keywords um and i can see it on every platforms and of course the algorithm needs to be smarter to recognize this. And yeah. it became much smarter than 20 years ago. Um, you mentioned site speed. So, um, and last time when we talked for the first time, you told me that uh, before we had other guests in the podcast and uh, a CR, with CRO experts, and uh, I asked them, if they recommend e-commerce stores uh, using uh, different apps, let's say for Shopify, different apps to speed up their uh, website, make it faster. And they said, no, hard coding is the best. It's simple. You don't need all of these apps. And last time you told me something else. So I'm really curious what you think about these apps. Are these useful? Um, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. Like, obviously... Um, you know, the, the way that I, I described it to you is, of course, you can go and get a developer to clean up the, the code and the bloat and everything else that, that's on a server. Now, obviously, with platforms like Shopify, you don't have that access to the server, so you can't do that. But in general, would you rather pay a developer for 10 hours of his time to clean something up when there's a plugin that does the exact same thing 10 times faster than him and costs 10 times less than him. And it's a robot doing the same thing time and time again. You know, that, there's no mistakes in that. It's been tried and tested. And I think, you know, some people will say, oh, it's always better to have it manually done. Who's suggesting that? Is that the developer trying to get his 10 hours worth of money? Or... You know, whatever. So, you know, I've certainly used plugins in the past for WordPress like WP Rocket, NitroPack.io, and the speed that, you know, the, the difference in speed you can get from a website using these is quite considerable. Um, you know, they are using technology. It is the year 2021. Things can be automated. You don't have to get a guy to go in and do everything that that plugin's going to do for you. Why? You know, someone's already developed a plugin to automate that process. Why would you want someone to do that manually? It just doesn't make sense. You know, of course, I got a manual guy could probably do a few more things. Um, of course mm. he can. But that is where also I hear a lot of people saying, right, so I've got my website down to 1.3 seconds. And they obsess and obsess and obsess over trying to get that down below one second. Now, mm -hmm. is there any SEO benefit 
in your website loading from 1.3 seconds to one second? I don't think so. I think, you know, after you're past the two second stage or whatever, it really doesn't matter. People have got different internet speeds at home and all that kind of stuff. But if it loads within two seconds, I think you're good to go. I don't think there's any real SEO benefit to, to, to you know, spending months and months and months to yeah. share another point two seconds. You know, go away and write some more content. Go away and do more on page. I think that would move the needle better. So, uh, but yeah, use plugins. I think they, they, they work very, very well. Yeah, you don't need to be the Ferrari or Formula One car of website speed. It's enough if you are a Mercedes, let's say, because yeah. there are other things. And I think it's always, uh, or not always, but many times it's a trade-off because you want to have good UX as well, an engaging website, and sometimes you need elements which will make the website slower. I don't know, maybe videos or, or something, but uh, UX is also important. And yeah. Uh, keeping it uh, high converting, not just the website speed. I, I could see guys who really cared about this website speed and they over-optimized it, let's say, and the website looked terrible. It's just, yeah. I, you, I wouldn't use the website. It's, it's, as, as you see, there's a balance to be had there in terms of functionality and mm. giving the customer what they want Yeah, rather than some bland HTML page that loads in, you know, 0.2 seconds or something. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's getting that balance right of it looking good without being too over the top, as you say, over-optimized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for fashion brands, lifestyle brands. Maybe if you are Amazon or Facebook, their website is quite simple. Amazon or there is a, I think, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett's company, that website is ridiculously simple, but mm -hmm. that's for investing, not for uh, fashion e-commerce, which needs images and all of that. Um, you mentioned also a few things uh, that you, you wanted to emphasize. One is broken pages uh, and, and broken links. Um, what's your experience with these? What are the main challenges with those? So obviously, if you're dealing with bigger websites like an e-commerce website, um, you know products become unavailable. Products change; they just you know get get you know whatever you call it, you know, taken off the off the list. They never get made again. Yeah. And you've obviously got multiple people managing e-commerce stores, and it tends to be that in a lot of cases, when I audit an e-commerce web store. Um, I go in there and one of the first things is an outrageous amount of uh, broken pages, broken links, broken internal links and everything else. And what mm -hmm. you find out happens is the process within that company is all wrong. So they just pull a product down. They don't consider putting a 302 up if it's just out of stock just now. They don't consider doing a 301 redirect. They simply just rip it down. Now, over the top of that, if your SEO guy is in there internally linking to all these products and everything else, then you're going to get broken links. You're going to get 404 errors. You're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. And of course, you know, even with Amazon, even if you're doing Amazon affiliate, Amazon products go out of stock. The, the, the URLs change and all that kind of stuff. You have to regularly audit that stuff. 
I'd make sure that one, the, the most important thing for me is the Google bot is able to get in and around your website without seeing a whole bunch of broken this, broken that. Um, and secondly, there's nothing worse if your client clicks in something and that broken link is being indexed and they click on it and it comes up 404, you know, there's nothing here. Um, you know, that that is, you know, 101, SEO 101, very basic stuff, which I still see happening so regularly. And that comes down to obviously lack of education or lack of a process within that organization. Because for any product that comes down, someone should be understanding what to do with that, where to redirect that to, what redirect to implement. You know, a 302 redirect is there for, you know, something's temporarily gone and it might come back in next week or next month. You don't want to lose that from the index. So there's, there's you know, different types of redirects available for you to use by the search engines to keep that stuff clean and tidy. Um, and, you know, why people don't use it is... As I say, it's just a lack of education, lack of knowledge, mm. downright laziness. And uh, I think uh, there's nothing more frustrating than, than auditing a website and seeing that the basics are not even being done properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just not just for SEO, but it, it affects the everything. So when we do email marketing and uh, there is an automation and it's been active it's been active for two years and the links are uh, not, they are not active they direct the the reader to to a not existing uh, page that's a huge problem and many times the client they don't tell about this to us uh, and that's a problem same with you know these links can be used in many different uh, places is there a or are there other things that you can see as a major issue and if it affects SEO, but actually this could be solved very easily, very, very fast? It's just lack of education um, that they don't care about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, with e-com um, and again, bigger websites, there's a lot of technical things that are always there, such as product variations being, uh, you know, allowed to be crawled and indexed and uh, you know things like that so you know, if you're selling black shoes and they come in a size five six seven eight nine ten you know do you need all those search parameters that come up all the different urls for six seven eight nine and ten to to be shown to the search engine and eating up your crawl budget absolutely no you don't so again mm -hmm. think that when it comes to e-commerce search parameters you know mm -hmm. These URLs are being, you know, indexed multiple times. Google doesn't know which is the main one. You then start to have content that's cannibalizing against each other. You're eating up your crawl budget. So, you know, if you're getting all of your search parameters um, crawled and indexed and maybe not some of your actual main money pages, that's a problem because, you know, you've got to also consider crawl budget with big websites. No one you know, that's got a massive website gets 100% of their pages crawled and indexed. You know, Google's going to, you know, assign a specific crawl budget to your website depending on a number of different factors. But you need to make sure that the pages that do get crawled and indexed are the ones that are designed to rank 
and you need to block the rest of that stuff from Google, essentially, because why would you want Google to find all of those search parameters and all the stuff that they don't need to find? So again, you know, you need to show Google what it needs to see um, and block the other stuff out when it comes to bigger websites, because you know that that's catastrophic for a number of reasons. As I say, duplicate content, uh, cannibalization, yeah. um, and the the crawl budget. Um, so again, another very very common thing that people with e-commerce, you know, most of the time don't even consider this stuff. They just don't know it, um, and. You know, you guys work with e-com stores. You must see that all the time. Just like Jesus, you know, why, why, why is this basic stuff not being done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I can see a lot is there are very creative people. They are very good with UX, very good with uh, design, and and maybe even copywriting. But they are very bad at technical things. Uh, or the opposite, they are very good with technical things. Maybe they have a developer background, but the website is just very ugly and all the creatives. And it's very hard to combine these two. Sometimes these two types of people, they understand each other not very well. So yes. I, I understand that. Um, and uh, let's assume that there is there is an e-commerce business or let's say two or even three, and they, they are at different stages. So there is someone who are who is just starting out, maybe having, I don't know, $10,000, $20,000 in sales. And there is one which is, let's say, half a million uh, in revenue per month. And there is a big brand making almost eight-figure a month, let's say, maybe even Gymshark or I don't know. They are bigger than that. But these three stages and what you would recommend um, for them to do. I know every business is different, but in your experience, what patterns you can see? Let's let's start with the newbie guy, what they should focus on at the very beginning. I think, you know, with a new website, you need to focus on, you know, keyword research, analyzing the competition, see who is winning uh, mm-hmm. and trying come up with a roadmap you know i'm not saying a roadmap for the next three years because roadmaps change all the time but at least three to six months of a roadmap done you know one of the the, you know with a new website you know there's going to be keyword gaps so you can obviously use tools like SEMrush or whatever to see Mm -hmm. competition rank for that you don't have pages for so that gives you a content strategy to go with adding that content on there seeing what sticks and then fully optimizing that content, you know, using the likes of Surfer, POP or something else, uh, and trying to squeeze as much as you can out of that. You know, on-page is important. It's the foundation of your website. And for a new guy, it's where you're always going to be lacking. So that content has to go on there. If you don't have that content, you ain't going to rank as, as simple as that. So, you know, you need to sit down, do your keyword research, and then analyze your website and say, right, how am I going to squeeze in, you know, I don't know, fitness equipment or fitness clothing? You know, is that going to be a category page? It's clearly not going to be a product page. You know, your product pages are going to go after, you know, I don't know, um, you know, sports t-shirt or or black sports t-shirt or something like that, um, where, you know, you want to, to figure out your category pages, your posts, and what keywords are going to target there and make sure that you silo that website out properly. Make sure everything 
in terms of on-page SEO from silo mm. structure to internal linking to everything else is on point because if it's not on point, you, you can't move to the next stage. There's no point in throwing money at link building if the basics are not done properly because it's going to have much less of an impact. So mm. for me, Mr. New Guy should fully focus for the first six months on potentially using paid ads and stuff to drive traffic to his website to improve the functionality and everything else whilst trying to implement the content the the content strategy in the background but you know that's Mm -hmm. hard and it takes time and it is going to take months to to figure all that out and of course do all that technical stuff especially if it's an e-com store again getting rid of all those product variations um, and stuff that you don't want being put into the search engine, um, then you know you want to start building links, um, not just to your homepage, but obviously to those category pages um, and whatnot. And you might want to even potentially build some links to your product pages if they can't rank on their own. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, between all of that, you know, that that is where you need to be spending your money on and also making sure that you've got the right platform from the get-go as well mr new guy always ends up in the wrong platform you know he'll go to a square base or something because it's really cheap and simple to mm, yeah but in a lot of cases you're like dude you, you just can't continue with this platform so do your research do not scrimp and scrape at the start make sure you're you've got foundationally the right platform and everything because you go to an SEO company and they'll just be like, man, work with this stuff. Now, some won't tell you that and they'll just take your money for six months. Uh, and then you go to someone else, they'll probably say, why have you got something like Squarespace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that's a bit more restrictive. So um, that's what I'd advise to, to the new people. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what platforms would you uh, recommend? <laughs> you know, this this is difficult to Shopify is a good platform if you're targeting the US market and stuff like that because the servers and stuff are in America um, and I know that that it's easy to set up and there is a lot more, it's a lot more SEO friendly than it was maybe you know two or three years ago but my preference would probably be for a small website would be WooCommerce with WordPress mm-hmm. for a larger website it would be Magento um, okay an e-commerce store. Magento is pretty technical and stuff like that. However, the reason I decide that those two platforms are the best is that you have got full control over everything, including access to the server, whereas if you use a Shopify, you don't have access to the the server um, site speeds and anything like that, and and the robots text and various other bits and bobs. So it is a bit more restrictive from an SEO point of view. However, um, they are great off-the-shelf platforms and can work reasonably well to some degree. But it really depends if you if you're taking a business proper seriously, um, you know, and you you want to make millions of pounds and you invest a lot of money in it. I would want full control. I think full control of anything in your life is where you need to be at. You do not want to be in the hands of someone else. Um, yeah. For that reason, Magento or WooCommerce. Okay. Um, yeah, however, I can see more and more brands going to Shopify, uh, even very big brands, but I could see 
issues with it sometimes that uh, there was some legal claim from a competitor and Shopify just shut down the website and you cannot do too much until you know until your lawyer is there <laughs> so you've also the- got with with yeah. Shopify um you've got an option here where you can have the front end as WordPress the SEO and you can use Shopify for the e-commerce functionality um, because I think one thing in Shopify's favor is the upsells and the functionality and the ease of using that platform is yeah. so easy and um, that you know it's a yeah. great option so people that I know that have e-com stores have the front end as a WordPress website and then they'll just have Shopify on like shop dot their domain name and um, mm-hmm. so it's on a subdomain and literally, they just use it for e-commerce functionality, but all the SEO efforts are mm-hmm. built on the WordPress side. So that's just another option as well. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a great, uh, great option. I, I, I think I could see one or two stores doing it, but it's not common. But actually, it's smart to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and let's say uh, the our store. Uh, it's growing and uh, we got more budget and uh, we have the basics, uh, uh, you know, established and what should happen next. Let's say the store already makes half a million, one million a month and uh, what should uh, come after? Um, they should be maybe the first in Google. I mean, obviously being high up in Google is massively important. However, it's that that's not the be all and end all of a business. You know, you want to probably not have all of your eggs in one basket. You know, you, you know, if Google do an algorithm update and you are solely relying on SEO and something happens, your sales have left, literally fell off a cliff. So I think if once you start to get, in, get into the bigger money, you want to diversify um, your uh, marketing strategy. You know, you use email marketing, try and boost your social media try and do all of that stuff, you know, whatever you can to drive traffic, try and have multiple traffic sources, um, you know, indirectly, all of this helps your SEO anyway, that can be the difference between you being in position three or position one, is that traffic and engagement, that's massive, as you said at the start, it doesn't matter whether it's TikTok or whether it's a website, engagement signals do carry weight, massive amounts of weight. And if you're driving traffic from your email list, push notifications, Quora, Facebook ads, Google ads, Bing ads, email marketing, whatever else you can get traffic from, and including your organic social media, then you're probably in a real good place. And for me, the danger you have, if you get to half a million uh, and don't have a diverse market strategy, you really yeah. do want to consider that. Um, you know, have a YouTube channel, drive traffic from that as well. Um, you know, I just think overall it's a good marketing strategy to have. Um, that's just my opinion. And I know from an SEO guy that seems bizarre, but, you know, as a businessman, why wouldn't you? You know, SEO isn't the only thing. Like, even for me personally, for my own personal brand, uh most of my traffic doesn't come from SEO. It's from email marketing, social media, podcast, mm. and, and things, and YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah. you can drive, you know, there's businesses out there alone that make millions of pounds per year and they're on one platform like Instagram. So why 
you know, depending on your product and your service, you also need to look at that because if not, you're missing a massive trick. So um, that that is what I would be looking at is just trying to diversify the traffic sources at that point. And um, of mm -hmm. course, I still believe that SEO, the, the traffic from SEO converts well, um, it sticks around longer. Uh, and I think it's a long-term, you know, it's still the best type of traffic to have. Um, however, you know, you can, Facebook, Instagram, and all that kind of stuff can't go unnoticed. It, you know, it does convert well as well. So mix it up. Yeah, yeah, that's a great piece of advice. And if you already make half a million, one million a month, and your uh, traffic uh, sources are not diversified, that's that's a serious problem. Um, yeah, I could see a few businesses and uh, doing this only Facebook ads or only SEO. And SEO is a great traffic. I can see it in the emails as well, the conversions that usually high converting traffic, they are interested, they, you know, they Google it and they, they want to buy. Uh, but you cannot just rely on that. Anything can happen anytime. So uh, diversify your traffic and... Uh, and of course, invest more into SEO as well. Um, yeah, uh, Craig, is there anything that you want to share us with today? Maybe any recent changes uh, in SEO or, or what do you expect from this year? Uh, is there any specific things? Um, um, there is a few things. So first thing first, um, I think Google um, are leaning more towards brands building authority um, and when i see mm -hmm. that i mean you can't have an e-commerce store that, that doesn't work on its brand awareness or the persona that owns that company you know i think google want to see authority and when i say authority they they want to see you in other places pr they want to see you on podcast they want to see you on other stuff it's not just solely related, you know, we've seen in the December update, a lot of websites being hit, um, you know, and a lot of people lost a lot of traffic. And a lot of these websites, you know, in terms of their About Us page, the branding exercises, their overall actual authority as a leader in the industry they're in is non-existent. And that's why these guys are tumbling. Um, you know, I've said it multiple times in other podcasts, but... EAT, Expertise, Authority and Trust, was a thing that came out a few years ago for the medic niche. And uh, of course, we couldn't have doc, you know, people writing medical advice um, that, you know, that didn't have the 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 credibility to, to yeah. write medical advice. You know, that's not allowed and shouldn't be allowed. And I get Google for doing that. Yeah. Then had the your money, your life. So if you're giving financial advice or life advice, you again have to be an authority. Otherwise, your website tanked. And I think it would make perfect sense for Google to roll that out across the board. So spending more time building a brand and being an authority in what you do is super important for any website. And people may say, nah, man, I've, I've got you know five e-commerce stores, blah, 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 blah. But as far as I'm concerned, each and every website has to be treated like a real business, an individual business. And you know, look at me, for example, I've, I've built a personal brand for myself and I've worked hard, you know, speaking at conferences, appearing in podcasts, doing my own stuff. 
Um, you know, I put myself out there. I've got PR. I've done interviews. I've done so many different things. And people might say, oh, you've not done that much. Listen, I've spent literally hundreds of hours building that up and, and trying to build some form of credibility. Yeah. And I think any business has to look at that now in terms of future-proofing yourself and securing you as an industry leader, regardless of whether it's SEO, fitness niche or whatever, you have to to do that, build more authority and become the best in you, or, or one of the best. I'm not saying I'm the best, by the way, but you know, you've got to be challenging the guys up there and get your name out there. If not, these guys will, will run away with all the money. And that's the way I see it. You know, I look at other SEO guys and I'm going, right, I want a slice of the pie. There's billions of pounds to be made here. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be the funniest. I don't need to be the most active. I just need to make sure that I position myself out there as someone who's active in that circuit and, you know, is fairly authoritative. So I think for any business, you have to take that on because I think that is what Google are looking for. Um, and, you know, that's the biggest thing I see happening over the next mm -hmm. few years. Again, we spoke about it earlier. It was garbage SEO back in the day. You know, thrown up a page of content worked very well. Now we need to do a lot more surrounding SEO to make that SEO work. And, and you know, I think the quality and everything else is just the, the bar has raised. And if you're not doing what the next guy's doing, are you ever going to beat him? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also need to be on more platforms than before, right? Maybe because... Uh, let's say somebody builds uh, up an audience on Instagram, I don't know, one million follower, and uh, okay, that's that's good. But maybe it's, it's, ev it's even better if you have same on Facebook, same on YouTube, same on your website, podcasts, I don't know, maybe Clubhouse, um, all of these, because it's harder. And uh, if you master multiple platforms, that's, that's a sign for Google that this guy really engages people in all the, you know, possible channels. Um, I think that's also an advantage. Of course. I mean, there's a limit to, to obviously your time. Um, you can't be active on every single platform. You know, I've yeah. tried Clubhouse. Uh, it's not working out that well for me. I'm not getting a huge amount of traction. So I'm going to park it for now and, and try it again in a few months. Um, but what you need to do is understand where your audience is at and utilize that to the best of your ability. Uh, you know, for me as an SEO guy, I get a lot of traction for SEO um, on Facebook and LinkedIn probably are the two main ones. Mm. So I try to be more, and YouTube, of course, yeah. uh, I try to be more active on them than I would potentially on Twitter. For example, where I think Twitter and Instagram are not big for me because SEO is not a visual. Same for me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's you know you've got to understand. Whereas a hairdresser or a photographer, mm. you know, it will be Instagram probably that that is the yeah. best platform. So you know you have to understand your audience and where they're at and and try and test them. You know I've also tried TikTok for SEO now. Uh -huh. That didn't work out from an SEO perspective, but I just goof around on there now. Um, there is traffic to be had on there. I've just not quite figured out how to funnel that over <laughs> um, or, or, or monetize it. Um, but yeah. I'm having fun playing around with it. So, again, 
you've got to try them out. I have tried Clubhouse. I find it boring. I'd rather watch a video than, than listen to audio. That's a personal preference. But you can't be active, fully active on them all. So pick the ones that get you the most traction mm-hmm. um, and, you know, really explode on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Craig. It was very insightful to talk to you today. If anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? Um, the best place would be craigcampbellseo.com. From there, you can find access to my Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, or just go to YouTube and search for Craig Campbell SEO. Um, I've got over 500 videos on there, tutorials, and all that kind of stuff, and podcasts and everything, um, where you can learn a lot more about uh, digital marketing in general. Yeah, amazing. And we will add the links, uh, all of these links below the subscription, uh, the description on the website. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks again, and thanks for uh, and thanks everyone who listened uh, to us today. Uh, stay tuned. Every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode. Thank you. Cheers, Daniel. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.